This is James Schofield, the creator of the stories in Behind the Bottom Line. In season six, I'm taking you away from your everyday routine, and we're going to Venice with an exhausted young executive called Emily Lee, who badly needs a holiday. This is episode nine, so let's catch up with what has been going on. Filippo managed to get an admission out of Caliban Leone that he had been manufacturing ecstasy tablets in his laboratory on Pacelli. The police have arrested him and his henchman Milos, but to Filippo's horror, Caliban tells them that the real head of their gang is the New Yorker socialite Dotty Van Mies, who is now meeting the unsuspecting Emily for dinner in Venice. So make yourself a cappuccino or get yourself a glass of Prosecco and get ready to listen to episode 9 of Peril in Venice. Chapter 17 Dinner with Dotty. Dotty van Mies was in an excellent mood as she and Emily walked arm in arm beside the canal. What have you been doing these past few days? Tell me all about it. Lots of shopping and sightseeing, I hope. Emily told her about the food, the sightseeing and the shopping, but nothing about the police and Filippo's ecstasy-fueled tour of Venice. And you haven't been inside a single church or museum yet? Bad girl. What about a gondola? No, not even that. Come on, then and against Emily's protests that they were a cliché, Dotty marched them down to the nearest gondola point, negotiated with the gondolier a route and a price in excellent Italian, and climbed in. Much to Emily's surprise, she found it a very pleasant experience. It was a completely different way to see Venice. She was so close to the water and when they went down the smaller canals, she could touch the sides of the buildings with her hands. Dotty told her of assassins and bodies thrown out of palazzos and found floating down the canals in past centuries. The gondolier's oar dipped and pushed, dipped and pushed, and he even sang to them as they gradually worked their way around to the Jewish quarter that she had walked through with Filippo. They climbed out and watched from the bridge as he set off back to his waiting point and new customers. It was suddenly very quiet. They set off across the square. The tall buildings cut off the light and tourists seemed to have vanished from the area. It was nearly deserted. Come along, Emily, here's dinner. The restaurant was empty, and the waiter put them into a booth at the end of the room. They studied the menu and ordered quickly. The waiter seemed pleased to have something to do. Once he had gone, Dotty put her own handbag on the table. I have a present for you in here somewhere. She looked inside. Oh, I can never find anything. She suddenly tipped the contents of her handbag out onto the table, handed Emily a packet of tarot cards, 
and then started putting the pile back in her bag again. To Emily's great surprise, the last item was a tiny revolver. Dotty, what on earth is that? she asked in shock. Dotty looked at her. It's called a mouse gun. Cute, isn't it? I have one in New York too. Only self-defense. But you know what Al Capone said? You can get much further with a kind word and a gun than you can with a kind word alone. You don't have to worry. I go practice shooting once a week at home. She finished packing and Emily couldn't help noticing that the handle of the gun was on top. Oh, did you bring Maria's purse, by the way? said Dotty casually. Let's have a look. Perhaps it will give us a clue as to what happened. Emily took the cosmetic bag out, and as Dotty had done before with her handbag, emptied it on the table. Was that all? asked Dotty. Yes. Why? No reason. Just curious. Have you checked the cell phone? Emily shook her head. I tried, but it has a pin number. I couldn't get in. Not much use then. Dotty put it back in the cosmetic bag. Without really thinking about it, Emily picked up the lipstick, opened and closed it, then put it and the remaining things back in the bag. The waiter arrived with their polenta and fegato alla veneziana. It looked delicious. Start, darling. Your polenta will get cold. Although she didn't say anything, Emily's brain suddenly started to spin as she realized what she had just seen. The lipstick was bright green. As usual, Dotty didn't notice her silence and started advising Emily on what she should do in Venice. You really have to do some culture while you're here, you know. Why hadn't she looked at the cosmetic bag's contents properly before? She'd only concentrated on the tablets until now. Of course, the most famous Renaissance building in Venice is now a casino. The lipstick couldn't possibly belong to Maria. She would never use green lipstick. And then the Cardora was originally covered in gold. In fact, the only person the cosmetic bag could belong to was Dotty. Venetians were terrible robbers, of course. I mean, nearly everything in Venice is stolen from one country or another. And that meant that she must be involved in the whole drug business. It all suddenly made sense. Dotty had so many connections amongst the kind of people who might want Leone's product. Together, they were a perfect team, with Milos providing the extra muscle when necessary. Thank goodness the police had taken him off to the Questura. Otherwise, he could have been waiting outside for her to come out now. But how was she going to deal with Dotty? Although she had sat down hungry, 
Emily suddenly found her appetite was gone. Eventually they were finished. They paid the bill and got up to go. The waiter helped Dotty on with her coat. Emily handed her her handbag and they went outside into the dark, deserted square again. So, take me down to the taxi stand, darling. I must get back to Port Caliban. They walked through the dark, narrow streets around the ghetto towards the Grand Canal. Emily realised that apart from a couple of cats looking through some rubbish bags, they were completely alone. A thin moon and a very few street lights allowed them to see the way. Dotty suddenly stopped. Emily, I almost forgot. Would you like me to take Maria's cosmetic bag? I could put it with the other things in her room and Pacelli. Then it'll be there if they find the poor girl. Emily turned and faced her. I don't think that's a good idea, Dotty. You see, it isn't Maria's bag, is it? It belongs to you. There was a moment's silence. Now why would you think that? The green lipstick. I should have looked at it before. It's definitely yours. And also the drugs and that cell phone. What's on it, by the way? Dotty remained quiet for a moment longer, then suddenly laughed. <laughs> Just Oh, just useful names and numbers, darling. Stolen from my room by that greedy bastard Paolo. Well, he paid a high price in the end. Now, just hand it over, Emily. Do you think a stupid little office girl like you can stop me? Remember what Al Capone said, just hand it over. She opened her handbag and put her hand inside to get her revolver. And then I have a wonderful, extra-powerful headache pill, made especially for you by Caliban. Chapter 18. Dead End Isn't there something I can do? Filippo asked Rosalba for the tenth time as he walked up and down her office at the Questura. After Leone's confession, they had raced back across the lagoon with sirens screaming and Rosalba radioing instructions ahead to her colleagues. How about sitting down? I can't do this paperwork with you interrupting me all the time. The whole of the Venetian police force is out looking for Emily. They'll find her. You just have to wait. But she could be killed. It's unlikely, Filippo. The only really dangerous one is Milos, who's locked up downstairs. He's probably psychotic. But Leonie and Van Mies are amateurs. Do you think Maria Torres would still be alive if it was the Mafia? They got into this drug business by accident. Leone had the technical skills. Van Mies had the contacts to people like Taka. Filippo sat down next to Oscar and tried calling Emily on her mobile phone for the 50th time. Why doesn't she have it on? I'm always telling her. There's no point having one if nobody can call her. 
His mobile suddenly came to life. Emily, where are you? Are you all right? Oh, I'm I'm fine. A, a police patrol found us. We're going to arrive at the Questura in about five minutes in a launch. Could you meet us? They were standing on the quay as the boat arrived. Dotty was sitting between two policemen in handcuffs at the back while Emily stood next to the driver. How did you manage to get her to come here? said Rosalba. Ah, well, there was a little mistake in the restaurant. As you can see, our handbags are exactly the same. So I gave Mrs. Van Mies mine because I knew that hers, Emily opened it and pulled out the tiny revolver, had this inside it. By the way, Rosalba, I hope it's not a problem, but I had to fire it once next to her feet to persuade her to walk to the Pont de Julier. It made a terrible hole in the pavement. Inspector, this girl is completely mad. Dotty was shaking with anger. I demand you contact the American consul and take her to the doctor. Rosalba smiled politely. Signora Van Mies, please come inside. I have two friends of yours who would like to see you. They have just signed statements that claim you helped create a major drug production and smuggling business. And they also say you ordered the murder of Paolo Montesano. But let's discuss that when the US consul gets here. Several hours later, Filippo, Oscar and Emily left the building. Maria had been taken from Pacelli to a hospital for a night of tests and observation. But the doctors had told Emily they could visit her the next day. They reached the square where Oscar lived. You must come to dinner later. We'll celebrate all together. Filippo, bring Rosalba, okay? Hey, what about the guests on Pacelli? Who's cooking for them tonight? asked Emily. Oscar said something rude and went inside. Poor Sergei, maybe we should invite him as well, said Filippo. Without his camera, of course. The sky was starting to get light and the first boats were going down the Grand Canal collecting rubbish and delivering fresh food to the Rialto market. The streets were still waiting for their normal crowds. Rosalba's a nice girl, don't you think? said Filippo after a short while. Maybe I made a mistake missing that date ten years ago. Yes, but I don't think it's too late, though. Really? Hmm. Anyway, you promised her dinner as well as a film. You should extend your holiday by a week. I can cover for you back in the office. They had coffee and cakes in a bar that had just opened. Emily thought they had never tasted better. Philippe smiled at her. See, it's so peaceful and relaxing here. Just like a holiday should be. That's what I promised you, didn't I? She laughed. This is the last time I go on holiday with you, Filippo. It's much too boring. They reached the entrance of the hotel. 
Emily looked out across the canal and was about to go in when she saw a movement in the water out of the corner of her eye. She gave a small scream and grabbed Philippa's arm. Emily, it's just a rat. You're not telling me you're frightened of rats, are you? After what you did today? Oh, thank goodness. I th- I think I need some sleep. I-, I-, I thought it was something else. What? Emily looked embarrassed. Well, don't laugh, but just for a moment. Just for a small moment. I thought it was that shark from the newspaper, perhaps. So, a happy end, and I hope you enjoyed today's episode. And if you did, please tell your friends about it, as we know word of mouth is the best way for more people to find out about Behind the Bottom Line. And it would also be great if you could visit my website on www.behindthebottomline.com and leave a review there, or you can do the same on Apple Podcast. Today is the 1st of December, which means you are definitely going to need Christmas presents. So why not get copies of either Peril in Venice or Double Trouble from the bookshop on my website? That's www.behindthebottomline.com Next week's episode is the last for this season, and in it I will tell you all the real-life background to Peril in Venice. I'll also have a look back over 2021 and what happened to Behind the Bottom Line. And I will try to do a little bit of fortune telling for 2022. So I hope you join me for Behind the Bottom Line Christmas special next week. Until then, take care and goodbye.